enough, but we have to stay in tune with our intuition when it says, oh, hey, don't do that. Let's yeah, think Lord. about that. You know, you have Lord, to be Lord. alert. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's you can save you a lot of heartache, heartbreak, and money. <laughs> exactly. Um Wanna welcome everyone to the show. Uh, you are listening to Speak On It with Who You With, Kurt Dove. It's Miss Risky and myself, and our special guest tonight, Miss Dion Simmons. Uh, she is a licensed professional counselor. Uh, she's here tonight to help you with whatever you're struggling with. Uh, if you are trying to decide how to deal with the struggle that you're going through, you can call in. And you can also chat with us live and um, she can try to provide the right information for you of how to deal with it. So um, now definitely want you to call in or or chat live with us and she would answer your question uh, live on the show. Um, Had some people come in earlier, T-Cal, Marcella Smith, all the board is in the house out of Miami. So um, yeah. Thank y'all for always tuning in, supporting uh, um, supporting the show, and we can um, keep it moving, keep it going. So, um, so definitely, uh, can you see the question, Miss Simmons? The comment. Yes, uh, I'm struggling with being assertive. Any tips? Um. Uh, that kind of leaves with a lot of different questions for me. <laughs> I would just say, yeah, what, what do you mean um, I mean, I don't know what's causing you not to be able to be assertive. Yes. Yes. Well, um, yeah, definitely give some more context on that all aboard, and um, uh, that she could be able to answer the question a little bit better for you, because um, there could be a number of things. So. Yeah, um, some people in the world just, I don't know. Uh, okay, being assertive in a work setting as a black woman. Okay, uh, let's see. Specifically, um, I think it's important to always be able to. I guess stand your, in a way, stand your ground. I think it's okay to, you don't have to always have to put yourself out there to be heard, but um, I guess just make sure you're doing your work and you know what you're doing because you can be quiet and still be heard. Because when people see that you know what you're doing 
and you're doing what you're in, you're doing your job well, and you're doing efficient, efficient, oh, sorry, efficiently. I can't say it right now because I'm tired, <laughs> but <laughs> you're doing your job well, then they see that. I think the ones who make the loudest noise is not always the ones that know what they're doing. So to be assertiveness is for me, it's just taking care of your business at work. And that's just by doing your doing your work um, well. What do you do if if I can if you mind if you don't mind me asking? If you want to know what type of work do you do um, on the board, uh, definitely type it in and uh, let us know. I, I remember just the jobs that I've had. Um, I'm a very quiet person. Um, I, I don't need to be loud. I don't need to be in front of class, you know, but, or at, at my job, I don't need to be the head of anything like jobs I've had, but I've always have been chosen to lead because when I do my job, I do it well. So I, and I, 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 I do better, I, I do best watching people um, and doing what they don't do. And what I mean by that, you have some people who insert themselves into things, culinary field as a chef. Um, I think maybe for you, it's just, you know, do making the best entrees, you know, putting all your energy into what you're doing, letting your, letting your food speak for itself. That's the best thing you can do. If you're doing, letting your food speak for, for you, doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Cause they can't outshine your food. True. They can make all the noise they want, but they can't touch your plate. And most of that's how you assert your insert yourself and be more assertive by letting your food speak. Cause that speak volumes. Those who speak in the loudest can't touch your plate. Exactly. They try to talk their way out of something uh, from looking bad, knowing that you, your food tastes. Exactly. Right. But, but for chefs, taste, taste matters. Being in your field, what you put on that plate matters. So they can talk all they want. It goes by with, with, you know, what that palate tastes like. So, for you, make your food speak the loudest to quiet all that other noise. Exactly. So that's a good question all aboard. Uh, uh, definitely keep doing what you do in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. uh, don't worry about the haters. They're going to hate. Mm-hmm. So um, 
Also, I know we talked about this before um, in past shows. Um, malicious parent syndrome. Um, we can hit on that for a little bit because I know you're tired. You've been up since early this morning. I really appreciate you for coming on tonight. I know it's late, but uh, we're not going to hold you too much longer. But I do want to talk about malicious parent syndrome. I guess it was a couple of months ago. A young lady, um, I think it was DeSoto or Lancaster, um, they finally sent out an Amber Alert for a young uh, black chick. And um, um, and in this Amber Alert, Amber Alert, it said it was the non-custodian parent that actually took her. Uh, haven't heard too much more about it. She was found, but haven't heard anything else about the case. I wish I knew more information, but when I hear about the fact of a non-custodian parent uh, taking this child. First thing come to mind is malicious parent syndrome. And I've actually talked to people that I know um, that have said they dealt with it, but they never knew there was a term for it. Uh, for the simple fact, they just thought it was baby mama drama, baby daddy drama. Well, that's what malicious parents do. They they do exactly that. Um, lie to the child, keep them away from the other parent, say this, say that. And it still happened today. And unfortunately, even in the middle of a pandemic, we still having to deal with it, which I feel like it's going to be something that we continue to deal with until they make some type of law to prevent a parent from doing those things. I think, um, and this kind of goes back to, I think, my CPS days. You have parents who, when kids are taken from parents, and when I first started at CPS, I would see these parents and I would say, what type of parent, would, not all parents, but for most of the parents, what type of parent would do these things or allow these things to be done to their children and not protect them? As the years went on, I look at those parents, some of the parents, and look at them and see them and say, these parents should have been in foster care and should have been taken from their parents. And it's a vicious cycle. When you talk about this content of parents who are doing these things where there's baby mama drama and, you know, keeping them away from the other parent and you know taking them for whatever reason what is going on or what has happened in that person's life to make them this way what has made them do this and even in my counseling 
when I talk to clients and they have a disconnect with their parents, these are adults and they have a disconnect with one of their parents. And then I ask them, you know, more questions on what happened in your childhood with your mother or your father. Well, I don't know. Well, that would be a good place to start because you don't, you only know your mother as your mother. You don't know your mother as, you know, Susie or, you know, uh, Lucille. You don't know them as a person. You only know them as your mom because they once were your age. Yes. What did they go through to make them the parent that they were to you? Because it's a vicious cycle. And I've had people to come back to me and was blown away when they realized what their parent went through as a child and how their parent had no business being a parent because they weren't given the tools to be a parent because of the things they went through as a child that they are surprised they made it. As a child. So now they saw their parent as a human being. Uh, and now they had compassion for that, that human being that became a mother, maybe at age 16, 17 years old. And they did only what they knew, which wasn't much. Exactly. So when they snatch a baby one, or you ain't going to see your baby, I'm going to show you because you were the only love that they attached to and then for some reason that relationship didn't work so they did what was done to them Mm. because they did what they saw true so sometimes you have to look at you know instead of saying oh baby mama drama oh she this or he's that he's no good we all have said it me too i have to look at that person and say what is their story how were they raised where did they come from because everybody has a story true and once you get to know their story and see that human being and how that human being was raised you get to understand how they came to be and where they are today that's so true. Yeah, we have a caller that came in. Yeah, welcome to speak on it. You there, caller? Um, I'm here. It's all aboard. Hey, all aboard. How you doing tonight? I'm doing good, and I was looking forward to the show because you told me that you're going to have um a person in the mental health profession, um, you know, speaking on it, and so I was looking forward to the show. And, um, and of course, Ms. Risky, um, you're always appreciated. You always come with information. And, um, of course, Kurt Dogs always come with the facts. Um, it's very nice to meet you, Mrs. Simmons, or Ms. Simmons. Um, I have a question, and I don't know if you can elaborate on this, but me and my, a good friend of mine were talking earlier today about the relationship that happens between um, 
like in in the early years of a child's development, um, between specifically the mother and the son. When they don't have um, a healthy relationship with the mother, it, it seems like it does like extreme damage and vice versa to the girls that um, don't have a, a relationship with their father. Is it something like psychological or science behind that? Or is it just what I what we experience, what I experience? So trying to understand your question so as a child is a baby the relationship a, a son has with the mother versus a daughter has with their dad well like when it seems like from my research when a, when a boy doesn't have a good relationship with his mother like when he's not nurturing it can affect them like in their development that's what it seems like and when a, a girl doesn't have a good relationship with her father, it can affect the things that she does. Like, you end up, you know, for example, searching for love or, like, you know, things like that. Is that, like, is there science behind that? Or is that, that It is, um, and I think it's, um, sorry, my brain is, I, I just ended a semester, so my brain is crying. I know, it's like Um... <laughs> I just turned in my last paper, uh, think Sunday or Monday, so my brain is pretty fried right now. Um, but I, I, I want to say it's, it's uh, either Erickson or I think it's Erickson. I forgot what stage that is. But I, I think what you're saying is, and what I tell people, the most important person in a girl's life, actually in both males and females, boys and girls' life, is their father. And I say that because a father teaches a girl what a man, uh, what a father is and what a man is going to be. And when a, 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 a girl doesn't get that from her father, she's always seeking and searching for it in a man. So she's always looking for protection. A father is there to protect. And when she doesn't get it from her father, and a lot of times when I'm dealing with women who are searching, looking for, you know, oh, I married the wrong man. Oh, you know, I married this this man, you know, and he's, he's not who I wanted him to be. And he's not this and he's not that. She's searching for that love that she didn't get from her dad. So she's constantly trying to replace that. And now she has to learn how to give it to herself. Because she's not, she can't replace that. Which she, she can't replace what she never had when she's looking for it from another man. Now she has to get it, get it from herself. For, for boys and mothers, it's the nurturing part. If they're not nurtured from their mom, they're constantly trying to seek it from, seek it from a woman. Either they're seeking it or they're not going to respect a woman. So they're constantly just being disrespectful. They don't value women because they don't value their mother. And their mother never values them and, and or they never felt value from the person that they should feel value from. So like if they um, if they didn't feel value know. from their mother, 
they don't they're not going to value women so it's going to work both ways if they if they never got it from their mother or their mother never valued them they're not going to value women because they're always seeking it you know they don't trust women boys are not going to trust women yeah, the because they, they can't trust their mother. Right. There's two people in this world you're supposed to be able to trust. Those are your parents, your mother and your father. It took two people to make it. If you can't trust those two people in the world, who can you trust? You can't trust anybody. True. <laughs> yeah, so true. You have to repair it off first. Like, that has to be repaired before you can really be in a serious relationship or or repair yourself is what you're saying right because if you can't repair that relationship let's say okay i i, I for cps for 17 and a half years a lot of times that relationship will never be repaired these kids uh in the 17 years 17 and a half years i worked there i've had one one, maybe two kids went back home. 17 and a half years, two kids went back home. You mean um, CPS, like um, when a child is Child Protective Services. Okay, okay. So these only kids are removed from their home. Two families went back home. That was it. They either was placed with relatives, maybe a few were adopted, but most of them remained in foster care and aged out. They I'm actually a foster, um, well, I'm taking care of um, a family member, and um, it is very difficult. So I was just wondering, because a lot of the times they do lash out. I'm sorry to be so deep, but like, um, I think it's, that's why it's very important to not have a, have a parent remove one parent. Like, if they're not, like, physically hurting the child or abusing them in, or mentally, if they, like, they should remove that other parent from their life. That is, I think that's really, like, hurtful for the child. So I don't know if it's, like, mentally, like, the science behind it. So. CPS just don't or, remove kids from parents unless they are not protecting the parent, not protecting the kids if they are on drugs and won't get off or if they are abusing the kids either mentally physically or yeah mentally or physically so there's reasons why they are not with their parents okay we need we also need more representation like having black people women you say it again on the board that's why we need to have more people in the mental health field that can understand nuances. It's really important because there's so many different little nuances that a lot of people don't understand that they don't understand like the um the difficulty like like the difference the nuances. Like um you might have you may have never had a marriage in your family. So you might not know how to be a good wife or a good husband. We've never seen it, right? Right. 
And that's why it's so important to have marriage counseling, pre-marriage counseling. That's why it's so important to get in a network of like-minded people. Because if you don't know what marriage looks like, you're probably going to fail at marriage. That's why I veer away from it, because I saw the negative side growing up. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, I know what I don't want. Right. So if you don't I'm know, hey, cautious. I'm divorced. You know, if you if you don't know what it looks like, a good relationship to look like, you're going to get it wrong if you don't have a good foundation. Right. So you have to start working on that. You can be successful at it, but you have to you have to build at it and get your foundation strong and have the right people, right amount of people around you, surrounding you to make it strong. You know, just because you come from a broken place don't mean that you're you're doomed to fail. You just have to make your That's a fire quote. That's a fire quote. You know, you're doing a great thing by helping families. You know, it's it's, it's, it's honorable of you to help family and take in your family because that's hard to do. And they're going to have behaviors because they're not with, with their parents. But the best thing you can do for them is make sure that they are getting counseling that they need and make sure that counselor understands, you know, what it is for them to, you know, be without their parents. The reason why I started, I wanted to go into counseling because working for CPS, I didn't like their counselors. I I didn't like the counselors that- The children don't trust them. They the children don't trust, if you don't trust your, your your counselor, you can't get any help if you don't trust right. them. If right. you don't think that they understand your, your problems. Right. I'm not going to tell you anything about myself if I don't trust you. So that's like an obstacle. But you, de- you definitely have to be honest with the counselor. And that first session is kind of like a meet and greet. Once you know them, know the feeling, and read their bio. Read their bio. Um, see what they're all about. And then that can kind of give you a decision if if you want to deal with them or not. Because me personally, I'm going to be honest, I wanted to deal with a, a Black counselor. Uh, because they would understand me better than someone else could. Now, that's just my personal choice, but I need somebody who probably have gone through some of the things I've gone through compared to somebody who was raised with a civil spoon in their mouth. Yeah, you don't want to explain poverty and teach them poverty when you're trying to get mental health, like health. You don't want to explain, you know, the struggle, being black, like, you don't want to explain that. So you take your time and you, you research, you do your research. Even for me, looking for a counselor just for myself. I went under psychology today. I looked at people bios. I took my time. And I'm in Arlington, Texas. My counselor is in Sugar Land, Texas. That's how long it took me to find somebody. Because I took the time and found someone just by their bio until I got comfortable. 
for what I was reading to know that, okay, I, I think I can work with this person. That's mm. what I need to do too. Like, you know, it's like weed out what I'm looking for, figure out what I want, and find somebody that I feel comfortable with. Mm-hmm. It's going to be trial and error. It's like baby, which mm-hmm. is why I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm going to um, a therapist tomorrow, and so this is like right on time because I'm thinking I'm gonna um, I'm gonna write a checklist of things that I want to touch on because sometimes when you're in that session, you I feel like there's a timer going like oh I gotta tell them my whole life right now, and sometimes I forget things know? and it's like so much better. It's not it's not just a one session, so you don't have to spill your guts. Well, it's one session when you're paying for it. Um, Do you have insurance? Um, I I prefer to talk about that behind the scenes, but I um, but anyway, I'm no, I'm paying for it out of my pocket. But this is like right on time. Um, Kurt Dog, right on time. Yes. 